0: Nice. welcome back everybody to the buck stops here to our regular listeners to the most irregularly recorded (laughs) podcast in the business yes we've been off the airwaves for a couple of months christmas got the better of us silly season you may as well call it no podcast season so we're sorry to have left you in the lurch when you most needed us during those cold winter months but now we are back with a bang just like the league came at you like Cleopatra last Wednesday where we booted things off on the live stream with a classic a one point nail biter between Cardiff Met and Exeter plenty to talk about from the other two games that went on huge fixtures ahead and Dave Rogers is back in my kitchen the place that his heart holds dearest Dave I've not actually seen you for two months so this is this is all a bit weird.
1: It is a bit weird, because you've just given us a really lovely sort of high-intensity intro there. It's been so long since we've spoken to each other, since we've spoken to everyone at BSR. But we're actually just sat on your sofa here, and there's mood lighting, and I'm so super chilled that I might just snuggle in for a nap.
0: Mate, I've I've remodeled the flat, actually, in the aftermath of the Jingle and Mingle, the party that I had around Christmas time, which was loosey-goosey, to say the least. Well, you've gone for the minimalist uh, approach, mate, because there's no kitchen table anymore. Well, yes. uh, So when I had the party, I had a TV, I had a kitchen table, and I think an extra piece of furniture... I got rid of that, put a sound system, a smoke machine and 70 people in here. And as a result, I now have a barren landscape of a living room kitchen. But it was totally worth it.
1: What we actually now have is a slightly bent chandelier. Was that a result
0: of the jingle and mingle? A lot of mistletoe hanging from that chandelier.
1: Yeah, I bet there was. It's buckled under the weight. We've got a picture of Bruce Willis as diehard blue tack to the fireplace and a smiley uh, Christmas tree that looks like an air freshener hanging from a screw in the wall so I think party was a success
0: yeah it's a pretty sorry state but do you know what it just feels right being back in here (laughs) right when we're coming to the climax of the title race Mm. in the season and I think as well we're around about ready to use the big r word aren't we we got to talk about it this week relegation
1: well, I, yeah, I should say. I tell you what I'd like to talk about as well, is it's my one-year anniversary of being involved with Bucks Super Rugby it was this time last year turned up to a freezing cold Gilman's uh, for what was actually a classic between Hartbury and Exeter arguably the turning point in Hartbury's season as well so I'm really looking forward to going back there tomorrow and living that one
0: out again it was the turning point and it was also the beginning of the pattern where we would award the man of the match to the losing side (laughs) and have a really uncomfortable post-match interview on camera so hopefully maybe the fortune is going to be reversed once again this year and we're going to get it right for the rest of the season but you're bang on last year was the turning point and games do not come bigger than the one we've got at Gilman's Ground this Wednesday.
1: Oh it's massive and actually uh, the man of the match the curse of the Yoti Champagne is joining me on the microphone as well so that's something to look forward to. Soilin
0: Sel in the house currently captain of Hartbury rfc in the championship obviously ex-university captain last year god like Starcross lovers <laughs> i think he would have described himself as an ultra a new rfc ultra back in the day but mm. now his allegiances are firmly split as captain of the rfc we'll soon find out about that when
1: he's got to commentate with me on a match tomorrow i'll be you know like when uh, when tony stark is is pushing david banner like just trying to get him to be the Hulk when they're on the Quinjet. That's going to be me tomorrow, just trying to get his true colours out of him for 80 minutes plus.
0: Well, he can't be any less impartial than Will Cutbill, who (laughs) I I had on the mic last week. I think I should probably apologise to some of the Cardiff Met uh, followers who endured some real rugby laddism from Will Cutbill. If you were going to create... I don't know, a, a, like a Frankenstein's rugby monster. You definitely take some of Will Cutbill's DNA in there because he had all the rugby cliches, completely biased throughout the game and his appraisal. He just couldn't hide his passion for the green machine.
1: I'll, I'll hopefully see him tomorrow and I'll make sure I stick the knife in as well.
0: No, he was, he was good value, but definitely he can, he can work on being a bit more impartial when it comes to developing his media career. <laughs>
1: Ah, Yes, Will. Well, thanks for being a part of the show anyway. It's been great to have everyone on board. Speaking of impartiality, I know it's been so long since we've spoken, we can't possibly dissect every game that we've missed, but the Cardiff Derby Uni versus Met was such a good game, such a good evening. And Charlie, who joined me on commentary, the, the chairman of Cardiff University Rugby Club, did so well to call that absolute refereeing butchery on the uh, Luke Northmore score. From where we were, it did look like a try initially, and I'm using that as an excuse for calling it in commentary.
0: But the replay was, well... Uh, it's, well, the replay's categoric. Yes. It's not a try. i got a question for you then, Dave. Go so on. for everybody who missed it, you can catch up with it on the, street, the stream. Luke Northmore screeched away down the left-hand side, seemed to have got across the line, scored. The referee was tentative to award it he checked with his touch judge who was nowhere near the action his touch judge (laughs) goes yes it's a try and the referee awards it on the basis that the touch judge has said so but well where I was looking from the touch judge is in no fit place to see the grounding anyway let me finish let me finish so you can comment on that but Luke Northmore knows he hasn't scored that right 100% knows he hasn't scored that so should it be like cricket, where if you edge it, you walk? Should Luke Northmore put his hand up and said, do you know what, lads, I, you know, I've, I've bounced that over the line like a basketball. There's no way that's a try.
1: <sighs> well, did he even bounce it over the line? I'm not sure he even reached the line.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it's short, and then it's fumbled, and it goes forward, and then he puts it down. What's, what's your take?
1: Firstly, on the lino not only because they're called assistant referees these days, but he's not an assistant to anybody. So he's the lino. He wasn't even looking at Luke, Luke Northmore as he grounded the ball. He was trotting down the line, probably at full tilt for him. I mean, Luke Northmore's got gas. I don't expect the AR to be able to keep up with him. But he's looking at the referee, not the player, as the ball, in inverted commas, goes down. Uh, The standard of refereeing at that level across the border in Wales is not as high as it is in England. And that is
0: factual. I think that most coaches and players from both sides of the border would agree with you on that. And as for Luke Northmore, uh, I I don't know. I mean, he should, but
1: are we at that stage in the game yet it's whatever I'm
0: just I'm just throwing it out there I, I wouldn't but you know some, some people might say that it would be the honourable thing to do I think it's absolutely fine to claim it he did score
1: a brilliant try to clinch the game though and there was no doubt about the second one
0: certainly did but Cardiff Met by your admission Danny Milton's admission and most people watching the game got very very lucky in that game and Cardiff University probably should have come out on top if they'd been more clinical
1: Cardiff University are a force. Don't look too much into the result that happened the following week, where they got put to the sword by Hartbury. They just didn't have a they didn't have a pack. They didn't have a competitive pack. Alan Wynne Davis did everything he could to try and get the game rearranged. Um, because they haven't played in the top division before, they weren't expecting to have a game that week. So All of the players had, uh, let's just say, made prior arrangements earlier in the term.
0: Yeah, they booked themselves onto a ski trip.
1: Well, you said it, not me.
0: Well, it's it's out there for everyone to see. So, I sympathise that he didn't have his first team available for selection for that side. Mm. But, at the end of the day, they know that they're in this league. The fixtures are released. And surely they would have known before term even started and people started booking onto these sorts of trips and... You know, why should Hartbury have to rearrange their fixtures and compromise their schedule to accommodate an error by the Cardiff boys?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. I don't think it'll happen again for Cardiff University. I think they're going to be a permanent fixture in this league for the foreseeable future. And if it happens this time next year, I'll be very surprised.
0: Well, they're looking all right, aren't they? Should we sure. start with Should we start with their game last week?
1: Yes, let's start with their game. And is it? their biggest win in BSR so far?
0: So I described it as their biggest scalp in BSR, and that is no disrespect for the other two teams that they beat, but they took down Bath. I'm not going to say comfortably because they only won by four points. Bath coming back late, but the way Bath have been going, the way that their aspirations have built up throughout the season... That is massive, and that's something that nobody was expecting and boy, did they do it with some style as well four tries, bonus point, and man, do they play it it's Jue down at Landrumney. some of the some of the stuff they pull out is extraordinary
1: oh, it's amazing, and they've got some really, really good players in that side as well you <laughs> what did you describe uh, like a random play generator?
0: it it is it is and they're still doing it and it's still working like their their bonus point try they get a penalty on the about 10 meters out from the bar try on the right hand side 10 looks around taps it looks across the field puts a cross field in winger collects it dies into the corner bonus try and i'm like wow that Mm. is balls they're not just turning down the penalty to go for the poles or into the corner for the safe option. They just put it on the tote. Inch perfect cross field, dies across, Q scenes, bonus point, and they were absolutely smashing them by that stage ten minutes ago.
1: Well, they're ninth place outright as well. They're four points above Trent. Trent have that game in hand, but they're not looking like winning a game at the moment, Trent. They're six without a win. And you mentioned the R-word. In my mind, there is one team who is really up against it and they're the men in pink from the East Midlands.
0: They are the men in pink. I mean, one swallow doth... Doth doth not make a summer, in the words of Jacob Rees-Mogg, and yourself paraphrasing him. So let's not get too crazy about Cardiff. Maybe but maybe Bath came in a bit cold. They came in a bit complacent. They had all their gun. They had a lot of gun players in there, and to their credit, they fought back in that final ten minutes. Two tries, a bit of forward power, then some wide hands from a scrum to get it into the left-hand corner. That got them the bonus tr- bonus point. And they had a charge at the end to try and steal the game. But a knock-on in midfield brought the full-time whistle. So can Cardiff sustain it? Can they build on this? Because we've seen them put in good performances, but then they haven't been able to follow it up. That's been one of their big problems this year.
1: Well, they've got Loughborough at home on Wednesday. And that
0: is massive. That is massive. Yeah. Because Loughborough are sitting in eighth place on 22 points. Only two points ahead of Cardiff that is that is an end of the table we didn't expect to see the african violets
1: we'll move on to that in a second but before we do just want to talk about bath what the heck is going on there they do the double over hartbury then get walloped by leeds beckett and then lose to cardiff what what's happening with the brothers
0: i couldn't really tell you i've watched the, i've watched the game back and they had their moments shelled a lot of catches probably missed a few opportunities but Came up against an inspired Cardiff side, and I talk about the range in which they attack. Uh, I mean, their first try, they coast down the left flat, they coast down the left flank. Second try, poor first defend, the first phase defence from Bath opens up for them. The third try, the pack dominates the Bath pack, and um, and the scrum half glides over. Prior to that. James Davies, their 10, had done a little cheeky chip over the top, collected, thought it was going to be a one to try, but last-ditch defence keeps him out. So Cardiff are striving as a team that are really difficult to prepare against. Mm. cardiff um, Bath are also one of those sides who you don't really know where the noise is going to be brought from. They, again, they scored from their forwards, they scored out the corner. You know, they bring a lot of variety. And I think that they're just... Too quite, I don't want to use the word loose because it sounds disparaging, but free teams. And if you don't get it right and the other one does, then you come out on the other side.
1: Hmm. Well, let's move on to that Cardiff versus Then We're going to do the predictions outright, but I was up in Loughborough on Wednesday, doubling up. They had their, they do the big match series. Those who've been following Buck Super Rugby throughout the season will remember Exeter versus Loughborough, where they had all the bells and whistles. That was a 17-all draw. It was the turn of netball this time round, and it was Loughborough versus Northumbria, which was a complete waste of time because Northumbria might have a decent rugby team, but their netters lot are absolutely dreadful, <laughs> and it was th- so yeah they put a big event on they got a few hundred there built up a really good atmosphere then Loughborough won 70 28 and it was over within about five minutes but what it did mean is I was uh, I was in Loughborough so I could stick around and watch the BSR game I thought Do you know what I'll watch 20 minutes then I'll toodle back down to London it was freezing it was so so
0: cold wasn't much of a game either <laughs> no
1: and i don't think either team will particularly mind me saying that either. Handling, particularly by Loughborough in the first half, was atrocious. Nobody really got going, but that suits Northumbria because they scored three tries. And when they break, it is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I think earlier in the season, you described it as like the red arrows going forward. Mm. And they'd come out of the 22... Bearing in mind they're without Josh Hodge as well, because he's with uh, England 20s doing yeah. particularly well.
0: Started for England 20s at fullback against Ireland and Cork. Congrats, Josh Hodge. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, and all the boys, actually. There's quite a few.
1: Some of the Cardiff lads go into the uh, the Wales 20s as well, mm-hmm. doing bits. Um, but yeah, Northumbria were the only team in it in the first half. It was 19-0. It could have been more. Loughborough just didn't get going. Dropping balls, missing tackles. They just looked... I think, by their own admission, a pretty sorry outfit. Dead-eyes Max Hill tried to inject something by starting a fight. Yellow (laughs) card. So he got yellowed. Um, There was a lot of needle in the game, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is as a rivalry, but those two teams really don't seem to like each other. It was both ways.
0: Yes, so George Williams, I think he he opened it for Northumbria. Mm -hmm. Yari Fantini, he picked up a double, followed by... Yeah, a yellow card, of course he did. It's his, the it's Yari Fantini's favourite cocktail. Yeah, his customary yellow card to follow up, Max Hill. And that kind of changed the complexion of the game. Northumbria picked up another yellow card as well, yeah. and it gave Loughborough an opportunity to come back into it.
1: Well nineteen nil at half time, um thought there'd only be one winner in the game. I thought Northumbria really could have pulled away. But then Loughborough were a lot more organized in the second half. That's definitely something that that Nathan Smith has has brought to them. The pack are really good and they they were organised in the line out. They were a little bit better in the set piece and they managed to get the game back to 19-12. Um, both tries coming from organised mauling. And then we'll fast forward straight to the 80th minute here. Loughborough have a kick to the corner, exactly where they scored their opening try from and pretty much everyone, I'd imagine Northumbria as well, but everyone on the sidelines thought, brilliant, same thing for Loughborough, Catch, drive, and try and uh, try and kick the conversion to tie the match. Northumbria have gone into overdrive in defence. It was absolutely awesome. Game was on the line. the The drive didn't go particularly well for Loughborough. They came off the side and got smashed back about six yards. Then another huge hit came in. Uh, yeah, David Rafai He has absolutely leathered somebody, and they. I don't know where it came from because they hadn't had that kind of impact throughout the whole game. But they defended for their lives, and they got the win, and they were worth the win too. Um, Ollie Robinson, who plays at eight for them, is awesome. He's proper good.
0: So let's let's just focus on Northumbria for a second. Yeah, because I put this to you that they are the darkest of dark jersey-wearing horses. They're the black beauties of the league. Because if you look back to earlier pods when we got Dazer on mm-hmm. and having spoken to the Northumbria guys, they're obviously pretty heartbroken about the way the end of the season unfolded last year. And they had an indifferent start to the league this year. But there was a sense, i think I think Darren actually said this, he said that they peaked at the wrong time last year. And he's happy to go along as they were, find their way, find their feet, develop as a team across the season and try and hit the top notes yeah. as the season came into the climax. Now, looking at their team that they had against Loughborough last week, that is the Northumbria team that I recognise. Ollie Robinson in the back, back row, George Bordell, Ed Bloodworth back in the second row, Rory Howes at fullback. Josh Bragman's pulling the strings again at mm-hmm. ten, and he's at—he's hitting his form because he was—he was rusty at the start of the season. The bench is looking quite tasty, like Joseph Pickering, the new lad. He's on the bench. He is wheels, but no Josh Hodge in there to still come back in. And then you look at the league table. I wouldn't have thought they were fourth. Uh, do you know I've got that? I've got
1: that written here. They've just quietly gone about their business. They've gathered momentum, and they're in fourth place now. They're not going to win the league. I think, I think they're out of they're out of contention. But with all of that firepower, they could well be the darkest of dark horses. And it's nice to see them, from their perspective, come out on the right side of a close one. Because that's yeah. what it was against Loughborough. And that's where they've they've missed out a few times this season, where the game has been in the balance, and they haven't had that moment like they had on the 80th minute, where they defended their hearts out as a team. They've had it. The other way round, where they had to score a brilliant try against Cardiff University to to get the win up there before um, falling to defeat a couple of weeks later. But yes, come the playoffs, they could be there or thereabouts.
0: Well, you're right. I don't think they're going to win the league. But if you look at the table, they have won the same number of games as Hartbury and Cardiff Mets. And yes, Hartbury have, had, have played a game less. But if you'd said that to me... Before I check the table, I'd say, oh, you're having a laugh. You don't see them in the mixer because they haven't been quite as dominant Mm -hmm. and they've had some yo-yo performances. But certainly, as you said, that last battle on their try line right at the end of the game against Loughborough is the kind of galvanising moment that can really steal a team on the approach into the playoffs and they're going to get high seeding and obviously we know any team can beat anyone but certainly if you've got those gnarly victories under your belt as well as knowing that you can pop the champagne cork then people aren't going to want to face them.
1: Well, what about Loughborough then? Three losses in a row. They got walloped by Beckett. They got walloped by Durham. It was a real opportunity to get something against Northumbria, but they couldn't close it out. And then they've got to travel to
0: Clan Romney on Wednesday. Mate, I think Cardiff are going to do it, but we will come on to that in good time, which leaves us with one last game that was played last week. Cardiff met 26, Exeter 27. Ignore Will Cutbill's partisanism. What did you make of it? What did I make of our other game down in the diff? Well, I was there. I commentated live on it. And I've got to say that Exeter deserved it. And territorially and possession-wise, they were all over it. The Cardiff Met with defence was titanic in the first half. Really fast line speed, smothered Exeter. There were definitely times where I thought, I'm not sure if Exxon know how to unlock these boys. They had all that possession, and especially when they went out to the backs, that's when they showed weakness. We saw Luke Northmore burst through to offload, and then eventually Laurie High got under the sticks. Luke Northmore then stole an interception through defensive pressure from the rest of his backs. And I thought, well, you know, Exeter aren't going to have all this possession for the whole game if they can't use it now then they're surely going to come unstuck in the second half. But lo and behold, they had that much possession, that much territory, and they just went back to utter basics, up the jumper, just bludgeoned, round the corner, round the corner, tight play. I mean, Met got punished on the penalty count. I don't know what the penalty count was, but it felt like they conceded so many, which gave Exeter the opportunity to ping it into the corner, build a all, and then continue that forward play around the corner. They eventually strangled Cardiff Met. They were valiant in the way that they fought back every time. The score was through Tom Benjamin in the right-hand corner after Sucky in the Exeter defence. They got a driven try. But even though it was one point and Exeter came from behind, I felt that it was their match for the duration. I mean, they were 14-6 down at half-time, but I, I felt that you know Exeter came away with it comfortably in a strange way well
1: they've had three good wins since getting nilled by Hartbury haven't they it's uh, a really really good response and I I kind of expected that to be the case really they're just so consistent and I'm standing by my uh, controversial well some people said it was controversial decision a couple of weeks ago to say they're gonna win the league especially because they've got four home games after tomorrow so if they can get through that then oh, I nearly said they were home and hosed. Then it's far, it's far from that. But um, I don't know. They seem to have overcome that adversity very well.
0: If they beat Hartbury on Wednesday, then I mean, the, the league is all but done. Mm-hmm. I think when you consider them having those four home games in a row, I know that Cardiff Met are only five points behind them and that they've got a chance to get back. But really that game is so massive on Wednesday.
1: If you look at this uh, a little bit like the Premier League table now, do you see Cardiff Met as Tottenham Hotspur in so much that theoretically they're there or thereabouts, but no one thinks they're going to win the league?
0: Yeah, I think looking at the top of the table, looking at the title race, all of our judgment is clouded by that robotic trait of Exeter to make no errors, to always put in a good shift to have systems to have processes to always fall back on. You know, they, they are low risk sides and they've got the pedigree and the history. But at the same time, you know, winning at Kinkoid is as as manic as manic. That's not the word. What am I talking about? Smoking crack over here. Uh, is as as mammoth as winning at Topsham, in my opinion, or at Gilman's Ground, somewhere like that. One of those traditional strongholds. But if you think about it, they took four points from the game. Cardiff Met took two points. So yeah. it isn't a huge point swing. Maybe it's a momentum swing in terms of re-announcing yourself, especially after that loss to Hartbury. But certainly Cardiff Met can't be ruled out ruled out of the race They've got some
1: difficult fixtures, though. Let's look at Cardiff Mets, and then let's look at Hartbury. So Cardiff Met, they've got Bath at home, then they've got Hartbury away, then Leeds Beckett away, even though they didn't play. I'm so keen to talk about Beckett. Then Hartbury at home, so almost back-to-back against Hartbury, and then Durham away for their final match. They've They've got five matches remaining. Compare that to Exeter, who've got Loughborough, Durham at Sandy Park, Bath and Cardiff so in essence all home games after Hartbury away if I was a betting man I know I'd have my
0: money on if you were a betting man then you're focusing on the wrong league because nobody knows what's going to (laughs) happen week to week in this league Uh, the one thing I'll say in Exeter's favour is that Hartbury and Met having that essentially back-to-back fixture against each other Mm. is ideal for them because they can negate each other if one of if One of them wins the first, one of them wins the second. That's both their main competitors dropping points. And that gives Exeter like a real jump on. As I said, as we've said, this Wednesday's game is massive. Absolutely massive. But then looking at Exeter's remaining games... Mate, I'd, I wouldn't fancy nailing my colours to the mast on any side, on any fixture, at any time. Like, our, Look at our predictions league. It's a shambles. Oh, it's shit. an absolute shambles, <laughs> considering we're the ones, in probably in the country, who watch the most of this league. Yeah. We talk to most of the players, the coaches. We're meant to know the most about it. We haven't got a Scooby. <laughs> it's embarrassing sometimes, some of the ways that these fixtures go in our face. <laughs> so to say that X have got it home and hosed... I mean, it's a nonsense. Well,
1: last time we suggested Exeter had it home and hosed, a couple of Hartbury lads got in touch, told us we didn't know what we were talking about, and then beat Exeter 29-0. So.
0: Yeah, and then they promptly went and got beaten by Bath home and away. So <sighs> yeah. call it as you will. And then Bath have just lost to Cardiff, who were meant to be the bottom feeders who've just been promoted. I actually tried to get the inside scoop from Tom Doughty on what happens on the weekend because so I was down in Bath okay. I went, went down to Bath to go and see Bath versus Gloucester uh, in the Prem Cup it's like a busman's holiday going to actually watch rugby with my mate game got called off I went down there anyway because Bath is fantastic Raz uh, <laughs> tried to get Doughty out and he bottled it didn't he so yeah. I, I have no inside scoop other than Doubt he hasn't got the minerals. Yeah, he can't hang with the granddads, mate. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Go on then, should we do, let's get on to Leeds Beckett because you've had a hard-on for the last two, well, not even two months, three, four months. Like There is something I think purple within you that loves Leeds Beckett and they're finally repaying your faith and your hope in them.
1: I think we, we should have a chat about the form of all the teams that didn't play. I'd almost started to lose faith with Beckett. When I saw them at Heartbury it seems like about a year ago now, I thought there was something there. And then I think by their own admission, they've been,
0: well, it's terrible. Too harsh a word. Dude, they lost the plot by the, just before Christmas. Yeah. Getting pumped by people. And then, including, yeah. Including Cardiff. Including Cardiff. They got their pants pulled down in And
1: Exeter went up there to Headingley and put on a masterclass in BSR and I thought Do you know what maybe maybe it'll be next season for beckett but there's something there you want to talk about dark horses mate goodness me they're the form team in the league they are the form team in the league in the last 3 games 148 points scored 33 conceded so the thing the thing with bath is i you'd back bath to beat leeds beckett every day of the week yes the other two, fair enough. Even, even then, I don't know what's going on at Trent because all the Trent boys who are playing on a Saturday for Nottingham, Nottingham are going fine in the championship. Going great. And they, they said that this thing that they've done with Trent, this partnership is one of the best things that's happened to the club. But how do Trent University make it work for them? Because if they don't finish bottom of the league, I'll be
0: surprised. Well, I think that if you look at the table, that Trent and Loughborough are encountering the same problem that they are splitting their player pool between two fearsomely tough competitions Mm -hmm. and they're struggling to find that balance. Exeter don't have the same problem because they're playing in Southwest one, Southwest Premier, which with the greatest respect is basically Nat three. Mm -hmm. Hartbury separates their university side almost completely from their championship side. So that doesn't have a big influence, as for the rest of the universities, they don't have that problem to deal with, so Loughborough and Trent have not created this problem for themselves, but it's a unique problem to those two, in my opinion. anyway, Beckett
1: yeah go flying, on. and they yeah they've got they've got Trent this week, I think they're going to make it four wins in a row, and you want to talk about dark horses for the playoffs. I think they are on a roll. In fact, I think we called it when the weather turned, that's when Beckett would really come to the fore. And that has been the case.
0: Yeah, it's 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 great that they've got those wins because it was horrible seeing them lose all those games and have all that optimism, mm. have all those good players who are doing great things. So it's fantastic to see them turn that corner. Also, the ghost of floodlight gate was finally put to bed <laughs> when boy, they oh boy, when they had it? the rearranged fixture before the fixture started last week so they beat Trent in that one probably much to Trent's chagrin after the shenanigans because mm. Trent were on a roll back then when the game was cancelled but anyway we're not talking about that anymore we've given enough wattage to those faulty bulbs already <laughs> yeah Leeds Beckett if you, you don't want to, you want to face a fired up J- John Okafor and <sighs> co on a boggy pitch on a winter's day I will give you that so yeah good to see good to see them back on a roll and they'll uh, yeah i I wouldn't want them in the knockouts. What, absolutely. About,
1: what about Trent then? As we said, it is six losses in a row. Their last win was halfway through November and that was against Cardiff. They've conceded over 40 in the last two games. It's not happening for them. Who've they got this week? They've got Trent, uh, sorry, Beckett at home.
0: See, the, the like the season's like in danger of running away from them a little bit. Like they're down in the relegation day. The thing is, we've come to relegation second. Fine. Say you finish tenth; it's not great, obviously, but you've got back yourself to beat whoever's oh, yeah. coming up from South A and and North A Prem. Oh, totally. Because I, they'll have played a two-leg playoff as well before then playing whoever is in the tenth position. You think with a season of like battled hard, battle-hardened games against top-class opposition, you're going to beat them unless you come up against an inspired, moneyed-up university. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I can't see relegation being a problem, but if if and it is capital I capital F it does happen, how will that affect the relationship with Nottingham in the Championship?
0: No idea. Too too hard. That, that's yeah. above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but either way, I think
1: I think they're going to be up against it against Beckett. Um, who haven't we covered? Durham. Durham oh my god so much fun mate
0: so much fun they don't really do close games loads of fun and look game in hand if they got a bonus point win in that it takes them up to 42 after 13 games I still think that puts them out of the title race yeah. but it puts them well in the top four mixer which gets good seeding for the knockouts which is what I want to talk to you about talk to me about knockout seedings for when we get on the road to Twickenham?
1: Well, interestingly, the chats that I was having on Wednesday with the Lefbra lads were, oh, we've got to beat Cardiff, we've got to finish in the top eight. We've got to finish in the top eight. Although I don't really think there'll be a massive difference between finishing eighth or ninth, because from what I can gather, eighth will play ninth in the first round of the playoff. Yeah. So if you finish in the top four, you'll get one of the lower quality Premier South or Premier North as your opposition, and then it'll be seeded based on that. I've got some dates for you. Yeah. 20th of March for quarterfinals, 27th of March for semifinals. Then there's a week, just in case we lose one, for weather and the Twickenham final, the showpiece, the main event. 10th of April.
0: The jewel in the crown. Oh. 10th of April. Bring it on, baby. I know. It seems so soon though, doesn't it? It's just around the corner. So everybody get better get their game faces on because it is a big, big run into that massive day. I li- I literally oh. am buzzing about getting back to Twickers.
1: Last season, women's game and the men's
0: game were both awesome. Mate, I can't, I can't handle the emotions down on the touchline of <laughs> another final like last year. Just seeing the faces, the Hartbury lads, the Met boys. Oh my God, it was brutal. What what a game.
1: I've got this nagging nagging thing in the back of my head that leads Beckett to this year's Hartbury.
0: That is high praise indeed because Hartbury again for the hat-trick this year.
1: I know, but this time last year, you'd never have put Hartbury in the Twickenham final.
0: True, true. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah, they were inconsistent. Where were they? Fifth, sixth in the league.
0: Oh, they were awful last year. I don't know. And then they—that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a joke.
1: That's a joke. Before anyone gets on my case. Oh, you've said it now, and I can edit that. <laughs> yeah, you can twist my words. on Yeah, it. Hartbury were awful last year. Um, it, I'm still sticking by Exeter to win the league, but I'm not. I no idea about the uh, no idea about the final. mate. no
0: idea tough one to call we'll see when it gets a knockout time but certainly exeter in the box seat for the title at the moment and cardiff met chasing hard and the monster game at gilman's ground that dave is going to be covering live with silent cell Mm. it's going to be unmissable on wednesday i'm going to be perked up at home (laughs) sat there with a hot cup of cocoa ready to take it in
1: couple of stats for you I'm not going to give you too many, because obviously I'm going to include them in my commentary tomorrow. Last 17 results between these two teams. Eight wins apiece and one draw. And over those 17 games, only 14 points separates them. Hartbury, 399. Exeter, 385. Huge. Knife edge. Huge. Oh, brilliant news as well. Uh, Reese Oakley. Yeah. Cancer free. Go on the Reese Oakley. That's amazing stuff. Uh, I'm sure, well, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that uh, when we caught up with... Angus? No, not Angus. Craney? Pash. Uh, Pash? Yeah, Pash shaved his head, didn't he? And all the boys shaved their heads to get behind uh, Reese Oakley, who captains the Hartbury RFC team. And he's had some great news. So I might be able to bring you a little bit more in next week's podcast after I go to Gilman's tomorrow. But... The family gathered round. And uh, yeah, really, really good.
0: Good stuff. So onto predictions. Let's oh. embarrass ourselves for the first <laughs> time in a couple of months.
1: Okay. Uh, I have already written my predictions down. We kicked off. Well, we kick off, should I say, 3.30 kickoff. Trent versus Leeds Beckett. I've gone for a Beckett bonus point win and Trent to not get anything. I'm going to
0: echo those views Okay. From you, today. Actually, no. I'm going to go... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. <laughs> Trent. <laughs> we might have turned at this. Uh, um, I'd, I'll give Trent a losing bonus point.
1: Okay. Five o'clock kickoff in Slan Cardiff, and Loughborough.
0: Cardiff victory. No other way about it.
1: Okay, just just a Cardiff Cardiff win, yeah.
0: Bonus point,
1: Cardiff bonus point win. Anything for Loughborough? Nil for Loughborough. Nil point. Um I think I think Loughborough are going to edge it, only because otherwise there won't be any separation between us uh, throughout the thing. And I need to have a look and see what the scores are because I've just totally forgotten. Six thirty kickoff, Cardiff Met versus Bath at Coid
0: Cardiff Met bouncing back at King'swood. Bonus point. They're going to be fired up. Bath, Bath bonus point. No losing bonus point. Okay. So you think Bath will get... F- God, you fancy some tries down there then? I do fancy it. I haven't checked out the weather, but... Oof, bloody me- hell, it was cold on Wednesday. Oh, so cold in Loughborough, mate. It was so cold. At least it was dry though. Yeah. So, yeah um, down at King Coyd. No food though. No grub, boys. No food,
1: like- no food boys, at King No food at Boys, Come on. No wonder we never go down there. Uh, I've gone for a Met bonus point win. And I don't think Bath are gonna get anything. Uh the other 630 kickoff, of course, is the live match, Heartbury versus Exeter at Gilman's. Oh, I wish we recorded this because if people could see your face.
0: I mean where where do you go with this? Where do you go with this? It's I'm, I might I might as well flip a coin. It's that close. You'd you, you think that Exeter are going to excise some revenge. But I think I'm going to go Exeter. Nice, All right. I'm going to go Exeter, no BPE, and Hartbury within a losing BP. BPL. Recent history
1: tells us that Hartbury win the key games against Exeter. So I'm going for a Hartbury bonus
0: point win and an Exeter bonus point loss so I think that Hartbury are under pressure in the championship and I think that maybe their gaze might be slightly distracted Mm. by that and that could have an influence and that's the only reason that I'm going for Exeter otherwise I would have gone for Hartbury
1: all right method to both of our madness I like it Uh, finally Friday night lights a long way up north just imagine how cold it's going to be up there Uh, Northumbria versus Durham
0: Lovely game, that. Yeah, really nice. Lovely game, that. Well, Durham, they called off last week. They're going to be rusty. Northumbria buoyed mm-hmm. by, by their gritty away victory to Loughborough. So I'm going to go for Northumbria on that one, which is, well, probably not wildly against form, but I think that it's going to be difficult for Durham to come in straight out of the traps. Northumbria on a bit of a high, got a bit of momentum. Yeah. And Durham might be rusty
1: interesting I'm going the other way I think Durham are going to take it they love an away win admittedly it's not particularly far away given some of the journeys they have to make uh, but a few times I think I've underestimated them this season
0: do you know who I think is the bomb is who placed them is Fitz Harding Ah, oh, yeah see his try against Loughborough a lot, uh, at the back end of last year yeah amazing like sort of team try but he comes around the corner and hits this wondrous line sight like slips through the defense down the left flank gives a small show and puts the afterburners on and absolutely burns the Loughborough fullback dive at the end mm. absolutely magic I heard really good things about him at the England students training camp as well from, he's, an, from an inside source he's got a rogue lid as well is not he love a rogue lid oh speaking of rogue lids Hugo Stars is looking increasingly like a 70s porn star. <laughs> it's like verging on unacceptable. We might have to pixelate out his head <laughs> next time we do a game because it is such
1: filth. He might get 100 points this week. He's on 97 as it stands, so good been, debut season for a, him.
0: Yeah, he's been a good addition, hasn't he?
1: Mm, yeah, t- horror lid though. That's the kind of thing that if somebody shaved it on tour, it would be a public service. <sighs>
0: I don't, I don't. think that'd go down well with old <laughs> stars. I don't.
1: I don't know if he doesn't strike me as the man he'd embrace. Him. All right, mate. Well, uh, I think we're just about caught up. We've missed a load of games, so sorry about that. But
0: you know what happens when we're international men in and mystery isn't these it? things happen when you're big time Charlie's in the world of showbiz so <laughs> anyway it's good to be back on the air sorry we abandoned you for that Christmas period but I'm sure you had plenty to keep yourself entertained we are going to be back on your airways every week right up until the final in fact we're going to be ramping it up more and more as we get close to that D-Day on the 10th of April at Twicken and we absolutely cannot wait just like we cannot wait for the big live game tomorrow night live on the stream heartbreak versus exeter top of the table clash what a crunch but until then the buck stops here